0: Welcome to the Faith Cub Podcast. We are glad you are here today. May God bless you in order for you to be a blessing to those around you. Good morning. I'm so happy, so glad. Uh, it's a joy just to be here. I had the blessing just being here um, a few times, uh, two of your service, and I also share um, with Esperanza Viva uh, in this place. So it's such a blessing and a joy to be here again. It feels like, you know, my second home, but just don't tell that to my pastor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my name is Magdiel. Um, I just want to share a little bit of my story, just, just kind of like, a, so you guys get to know me a little better, right? I grew up in Tijuana, Mexico, it's just, if you don't know where Tijuana is, it's right across the border from San Diego, we're right there in the border, so I grew up just going to Chula Vista, San Diego, LA, like a lot, since I was 12. My dad is pastor, my, they have a church, my parents have a church in Tijuana until this day. So I grew up in the church, right? And I, uh, as a pastor kid, uh, I just grew up like going with my parents, just to like, you know, Go to different churches and just meet people so i enjoy doing that since a very uh, early age so uh, now for me that was fun but sometimes i you know needed my time alone by myself you know away from people but it's good it's good to be in a place that even though you don't know people or you don't know you know the place you have something in common with them even if you don't know them even if they you know from different ethnicities If they're in a church and they're believers, we do love Jesus the same, right? Amen? Amen. So that's the joy that every time that I visit a place just comes to me, just during the worship, during the service, you know, hearing the sermon, as like we have done this morning, you know, beautiful worship, beautiful time for us just to come together and seek what God has for us. So I did that. I moved to the U.S. about nine years ago. And actually, just to be honest with you, uh, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I didn't want to stay here. Like, you God, what do you want me to do there? You know, I always grew up in a Spanish church. Um, but when I moved to the U.S., I only went to an English church. Only English, no Spanish. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to try it for a little bit. I'm probably not going to last. You know, I'm going to go back to what I know. But God had a different, you know, plan for me. Uh, So I've been part of my church now, Renewed Church, Covenant Church, that is in Linwood, uh, for a little bit, seven years. Yeah, this, this, at the beginning of the summer, I was like, seven years? I was wow, I was just meditating on that. And like, wow, it's like a lot, you know, seven years gone by like really fast for me. But it's been a lot of, you know, learning, a lot of blessings, a lot of, you know, also, hard things that happen in the church, not everything is just happiness, so it's just also things that are hard, but it's also things that show you that God is with you, walking with you. And that's why it has been a blessing in my life. You know, I, uh, I started actually preaching in English about two, two and a half years ago, so uh, that's something that was really new for me. i done it in Spanish many times, but it's all different when you do it in a you know, different language, so... I was not really confident, I I struggled a little bit at the beginning. I still struggle, but I think I'm I'm, I'm, I'm getting better and I'm improving, so praise God for that. So that's just a little bit of my background, uh, and I really was, you know, excited and happy when um, your pastor, Pastor Kirk, invited me just to to share and to preach today. I know they're all like just having fun, uh, Cascade Camp. I always enjoy when I go there. It's a beautiful place just to relax and to enjoys the beauty of nature of, you know, creation of God. So I hope that, you know, can be blessed and having a lot of fun there. Um, But um, the message, the message of this morning comes from the book of, let me turn this, uh, and we have it on the screen, but um, the title of my sermon, it's thing. Things don't just happen, and it comes from Philippians 4, and we're going to go through the verse uh, 4 through 7, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, from the NIV version. So I'm just going to read it, and um, yeah, let's read the scripture. It says in uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 7, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I always said it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. In every situation, be pr- by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen, amen. You know, as I was when I got the invitation, I was like, "Yeah." Every time I, I, I get invited to a church to use to share, I always pray about it, right? That's what I said you want me to share, God. Uh, I, it's going it's you know a congregation. I don't know what they need, but you know. So while in prayer, I was like, I actually didn't know what to you know. I didn't hear anything. I was like, "Wow, God is not saying anything. What, what's going on?" But uh, I always just continue to to pray. And I, you know, I was looking back on my, you know, my life and all the time that I've been here, you know, what I have done and, you know, all the joy and also, you know, the, 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 the troubles that I've been through. And remembering that, I was like, God has always been there for me. And it's, it's the same for all of us. Amen. God is always with us, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face. Sometimes we don't even feel that God is present, but he is there. I know that for a fact. Even when you think God is spent silent and you don't hear anything, God is right there, right next to you. You probably don't see it, you probably don't feel it in that moment, but He's there. He's there. So that's what it came just to my heart, that rejoice. And I was meditating in my life about that. It's like, how is it that I've been holding out to, you know, that joy? How do I rejoice? How do you guys rejoice? You know, if you're in that sweet moment of your life that everything is just happiness and your joy, or you're experiencing something you know that is like really um, good for you in your life, that's great. That's such a blessing. But if you are in the opposite side that you're experiencing something that has been hard for you, that has been difficult for you, that you you don't you're not in a place of joy, right? I think this passage is going to show us how to get to that place and how to do it. So, reading and reading and reading this passage, it was, well, it looks really, you know, straightforward. What do we do, right? We all know the story of Paul. Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians when he was imprisoned. And knowing that is, like, really powerful. Let me tell you why. One of the reasons that is powerful, when I was reading it, knowing that Paul was in prison, knowing all the things that he had been through. We know the story, how, you know, just Jesus spoke to him in the desert. He was going against all the believers, the Christians, right? We know what he did, and he even been known his dad many times. But to be able to be in a place that he was in prison, knowing that, the outcome of that he probably knew in his heart but he actually didn't see the future so he have an idea but he actually don't know how it's going to unfold but one thing that you know kept in his heart was like trusting God and rejoicing always in the Lord even when he was in prison i don't know but i never been in prison so i don't know i i can't even imagine What that feels like. When someone is in prison, and I'm sure they're not happy, right? Who will be happy even in jail? No one. And knowing that Paul was just rejoicing even through that difficult time. He was encouraging the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord. How can a person who is going through so much can actually encourage someone to be joyful about what they're going through? that's the powerful way that Jesus shows us that even in a difficult times the joy that comes from him it's overwhelming that he really like, really like, changes our way of seeing things he wasn't focused on you know circumstances of his life you know the prison he was focusing in on more and beyond his own understanding and that's what is beautiful about this passage. We're going to go just a little bit through those verses again, but um, I wanted to say something. What is the Holy Spirit taught Paul? What he was passing on to us right now. That we have a lot of control over our lives. It's just not in the way we think joy is. It's an attitude. Why? Why joy is an attitude? And why do we feel that we can have control over that? Sometimes we can say, well, yeah, we don't have control over the things that happen. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We have control over that even when our circumstances are not going the way we think they're going to go or something that has happened that we have no control of, the control that comes is knowing the, the person who is with you is gonna help you through that. That's where you have control. So you either have two choices right here. So you either let yourself go and let those circumstances you know, take over you. You know, a lot of anxiety can come, a lot of you know, sadness, a lot of everything, all those bad emotions or those emotions that really put us down will come. And that's when you have to make the decision. Do I let all of this control and define who I am in Christ, or do I let you know, Christ you know, support me or fill me out with the joy that he only brings, that he, his peace, his shalom will be overwhelming in my life, that even in the harshest circumstances like Paul was in, joy will rule your life. Amen? And that's the part that you have control of. Not the circumstances. You have control of making the decision of whatever comes. You have control on making the decision, not on your own. I'm not saying that you have to do it on your own, because that's not what we're talking about here. I'm saying you have control of choosing that knowing your Savior, knowing your Jesus, he is the one who will support you and who will help you and who will walk you through whatever circumstances you're going through. Amen? And then I put here Why? Why is it so hard then? If it's kind of, kind of like a straightforward word, why is it so hard? So I, I ask, you know, I always, I'm a person who likes to ask questions, even if, you know, I have like an answer, but why? <laughs> and some, person, some people say like, well, we just, we just told you why, but... No, 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 I'm, I'm, I want to go beyond that. I want to know more. I always been, I remember as I was little, I want to know more. And especially when it comes to you know, the presence of God, who Jesus really is. I just don't want to know, you know, the story that, you know, you always learn in a Sunday school or, you know, through a sermon. I really want to experience what someone is saying about that scripture. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's the why. So why? Why do we need to experience this um, stage of, you know, joy? Why is it so important? We know that when we're thirsty, like I'm thirsty right now, so I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> we know that we have a need of something, right? What is that need? I'm thirsty, so I need to drink water. So when you feel that need, there's something that happens there that it makes you seek for your need, right? In this case, it's water. When you're hungry, it's the same. You need food. When you're tired, it's the same. You need to sleep. When you're sad, when you're going through so much trouble in life, you need to have joy that is gonna carry out to that difficult time. And that's the why. How are we gonna get to that point? Like I said before, it's an attitude. I'm not happy or smiling all the time. You know, if you see me one day, like this guy looks like grumpy. (laughs) Like maybe, maybe I'm not in a good place. What What we're saying here is the attitude. When you find yourself in that place that you don't feel the joy of God, you know, you're not like in a place of you can enjoy that moment. That's when you need to think about it. Wait, what's happening? Is this gonna take over my life? I'm gonna choose joy over. When my circumstances are happening, we know we have difficult times. We know we have not that perfect life that we might want it or we might plan. I'm not a big planner, but if I plan, you know, I wouldn't want choose to have, you know, I wanna be sad on Thursday or, you know, happy on Saturday and really (laughs) joyful on Sunday when we come to church. That's not that's not the reality, right? We don't we don't plan those things. You know, sometimes you just meet someone on the street and tells you a story that is really sad and man, I just you want to cry. And but even when those circumstances happen, you choose joy and you share that. Because when you learn how to hold on to that joy, you can show that to other people. Right? Like Paul, we go back with Paul. Paul experienced hardship. Through his ministry. And we can, you know, learn a lot more if we just spend time not only in Philippians, being know Acts. It talks about what Paul went through, the difficult times, but even when all those hardships that happened and want to just like take Paul in a different, different path, his way of doing things was really powerful. He always focused back and God, Jesus, the ministry that God has put in his hands. And that's what we need to focus on this morning. I mean, when we say all of us, it's all of us, including me. Like, reading this passage and learning through this, it brought so much, like, uh, memories in in my heart and my mind that how many times that I've been in difficult times that I just... Really, I really, really don't think about it. How that I went through in the way that is easy to explain? And what am I you know, trying to say with this? Sometimes we have the attitude so rooted in us that we just do it naturally. What I'm saying, what I'm saying with this is the times that I have learned that I needed God the most, those difficult times, have helped me hold on to him, so whenever another circumstance that is bad comes, I know that I have to do the same thing. I know that I can't rely just on myself. I know that I need to look for the one who will give me the peace in my heart, and my life, that he's gonna, want. he's gonna lift me up from that situation. And that's what we're talking about here. That's the why. So when you learn that, you really want to share that with other people, either your neighbors, someone from the church who's going through a difficult time. That maybe for some of us is easier to just you know have that just happen. You know you're really joyful and that's great. You know I met some people that every time I see them they smile, wow, what you know that's that's great. I don't, I need to learn that. Sometimes we just need to learn those things from other people, and if you have someone who can you know learn from, do it. And I'm sure it will come to that. How do you experience joy when you're in difficult times? You focus on the Word of God. You focus on the things that God has brought into your life. And you hold on to that. Amen? Amen, church? Okay, we are... Okay, the next slide will be... um, It says, Jesus says in John 14.27, from the NIV version... Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the word gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and not be afraid. I think there's times, and I'm sure you have experienced that. I think we all have experienced that. You know, it's been two and a half years since the pandemic started, and that was hard for all of us, right? Uh, We spent months without having an in-person service, believe me, it was hard to preach, to use a camera, and no one sitting in the church. I have to stop many times. Um, my brother was recording. He's like, you know, that's the live streaming, and he was like, yeah, you need to stop. I'm like, what? I just have been like 15 minutes within the sermon. I was like, oh yeah, it's bad. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. You know, he's very honest. If you met him one time, he's he's very honest. So. Going to those difficult times has helped us, you know, grow as a community, as believers, as a church that we know the church is not just a building, it's the people, it's you. Whatever you are, whatever you, or, you know do, you are the church. You are representing you know the gospel, and you have to do that with joy. Knowing that whoever needs to hear about Jesus can come to you. Hey, why are you so joyful? Every time I see you, you know, it's something in you that I just don't get it. It's so much, you know, it feels like peace. And that's when you have the opportunity to share about Jesus, about what God is doing in you. It's not because you have everything, you know, kept together. It's not that. It's because the one who lives in your heart is taking control of your life. And that's what joy is. That's what true joy is. Because we sometimes wanna fake it, right? Sometimes we wanna see, uh, for me, my joy is like, oh, I would love to eat like carne asada every day. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just a temporary joy because, you know, it doesn't matter how much I eat, you know, I still gonna probably want more. But that's not what we're talking about here. The joy that comes from God that is overwhelming, that Jesus brings into your heart. That's something that will stay there with you if you really hold down to. There's something that not even tacos can, you know, <laughs> not even tacos of good food can replace that experience. And that's what we're talking about here, the why. Um, one, of the, um, one of the periods that is hard for many of us is the waiting time. There are sometimes the joy doesn't come that easy and we have to wait. I'm not going to lie to you, that's hard. That is hard. There are sometimes in our life, of periods of time, that we just don't feel that joy. I'm going to tell you uh, something about that. We know about the Philippians, they were struggling because. They were seeing their leader in jail. They knew, or they have an idea, that he was going to die. And Paul knew that, too. They were sad for what was going on. Paul was sending a letter to tell them to stop, to say, you guys need to focus on what is important here. Not that his life didn't matter, because it did matter. But to find that joy in the, in the moment that it wasn't easy to find, it was hard. That they did not did it alone. The Holy Spirit was moving in Paul's life and in the church. So when I say it's as a posture that we have to have in our hearts, the joy... It's one of the choices that we have to make, and knowing that God is the one who is in control, not us, it's also something that we need to know. Um, well, this week, um, I want to share a little story about what patience means and how we really be joyful through that patience, right? Um, this letter, it was you know kind of the last letters of Paul, and it was an exhortation for the church, how to be you know patient and how to be also you know joyful even when the bad circumstances are happening. So my story comes to to that, and that's what I was thinking. Uh, a year ago, I went uh, to a physical, and uh, the doctor told me that uh, I had pre-diabetes, and I was like, I got really scared. I'm gonna be honest, I got really scared. When I came out of that you know, appointment, I was just tearing up. The reason why is my dad has been diabetic for 20 plus years. My sister got diagnosed, you know, that she was diabetic two years ago. My grandparents, or my parents, yeah, my grandparents, I think both of them on my, you know, each side of my family, my dad and my mom, they both pass away from diabetes. I have friends and family members who have Obviously, diabetes. So I know how hard that is, and I got really scared. I don't want to have diabetes, because I know it's hard. I know how hard it is. So I start freaking out. I was like, oh, and I start, you know, crying. I was like, God, I don't want to have this feeling, because even though it's it's an illness, it's not just the end, right? But for me, it probably was at that moment. So. I, before I left uh, that appointment, I asked the, the doctor. So, what do I need to do? I Was like, well, you're pre-diabetic, so you're in the low, you know, kind of starting. So, you just need to change your lifestyle, your habits. You know, you exercise. Well, like, yeah, I do, but how much? You know, you eat. I was like, yeah, I, I do eat. Like, yeah, I like food. <laughs> <laughs> so, we just have to, you know, check that and, you know, I said, like, okay. So, uh, I didn't know what to do. I have no idea, no clue where to start. It was just that uh, overwhelming feeling of you know, sadness just came over me. And that's when I you know, said, you know what? I know this is going to be hard. I know I have no idea how to start or what to do. But I know I need to trust God through this. Because even though it's scary right now, it's scary for me, I need to focus in him first I need to put my trust in him and that was really hard for me let me tell you it was because I know I have seen you know my dad my family and struggle with that it's not something easy can you just you know beat it like so quick so uh, that was last year this week I went back because they said you need to come back in a year that, that was it I'm like, well, thanks so much. Uh, if you wanna, yeah, I thought like, what can I do? They just give me a sheet with you know resources and stuff. Great, I have to do my own research, <laughs> right? But you know, that was that was good. I think you have to go to a different doctor and then they can you know tell you more. Whatever, I didn't do it. Um, I spent the. F- You know, like a couple months, just thinking about it, just kind of like, you know, telling my two brothers, I have two brothers, and say, you know, this is serious. You guys can also be pretty bad. One of the things the doctor said, it was like, it's in your genes. There's nothing you can do about it. I said, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate that. Um, You have to work harder than the the rest of us. That's exactly what the doctor said. I said, sweet. Yeah. Uh, And that's why I was discouraged. So, it doesn't matter what I do, I'm still gonna get it, pretty much. Uh, So, I didn't do anything for like three, four months. You know, I would just kind of like cut all my sugar. That's all pretty much what I did. And then my brother, my little brother, who's like 20, he's not that little anymore, uh, he was like, you know what, I'm gonna start, you know, researching and, you know, doing like meals and stuff. Do you wanna do that with us? For sure. So he got like a an nap and a class, and we have like, like everything scheduled. Like, oh, I, this guy, wait, wait, are you my brother? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I started doing that in March or April of this year, and I lost like 14 pounds through that. You know, from March or from April to, you know, this this month, and I went back to the doctor, and they ran the test, and by my surprise which I don't know I was surprised, but I was. They told me, it's like, you're not pre-diabetic anymore. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's great news. I was, yeah, whatever you're doing, you skip and doing it. And I was, you know, I was really joyful when I came out of that uh, appointment because through these months, it was hard. It was really hard not to eat, you know, if I eat like before seven tortillas, I have to eat two now. I, like, I have, like, you know, a steak. I have to have less. Like, so it was hard. Even my wife helped me through that. You know, like, instead of sugar, we it's something called, like, monk fruit sugar that I have no idea exists. That is kind of the same thing, but it's healthy. So uh, anyway, what I'm trying to say with this is to find that joy, it takes time. Sometimes you have to wait. You have to... Commit to what you're doing, to rejoice. You need, basically, you need to put the hard work. It doesn't come easy. You have to choose that. Amen? Okay. I think enough with my stories. I I really love to tell stories. (laughs) Okay. So if we summarize what we have learned this morning... If we really, if you really want to, you know, take something with you this morning, I'm sure you have been patient, uh, pay, paying attention the whole time, right? But if you haven't, this is what I want you to take this morning. <laughs> so if we see in a perspective, a purpose, and pressing on, you need to stay firm. Stay firm, church. Hold on to the joy to be found in God. We saw that in Philippians 4.4. 4. That was our first verse that we read. Hold on to the character of Christ. You know who Christ is. You know his character. You know how much he loves you, how much he wants to have a relationship with you, how much he wants to, you know, offer you that joy. So please, hold on to that character that Christ has for you. You can find that in Philippians 4, um, chapter 4, uh, verse 5. Hold on to the nearest... uh, yeah, hold, hold on to the nearness of God. What does that mean? It means just be close to him. You know, in the circumstances that I have, I can just, just throw myself, you know, if I'm going to have diabetes, might as well just, why do I take care of myself? But no, I say, you know, God, I need you now to help me walk through this. Get for me, it's difficult. So I need you even closer. So get closer even to that. You can find that in Philippians 4, verse 5. And pray with thankfulness. I remember when I did that prayer coming now. I wasn't bitter about it. I wasn't, why, God? I mean, sometimes we feel like that. That's okay. But I was, you know, God, I pray that whatever I have to go through, you're with me. And I'm thankful for the journey that you're going to take me on. Because I know for sure that I'm not going to be alone. And I wasn't. You know, little did I know, my brothers helped me out with that. My wife, other people. You know, God puts people in your path so they can encourage you to keep going. You're not alone. That's why we're a community of believers. Amen? (laughs) Paul wasn't alone in prison. Many of those, you know, churches sent people to care for Paul. We know that. So... Think about that. God's peace will be our guard. No matter what happens in life, no matter whatever you go through, God and that peace that he brings into your life will be your guard and protect your heart. I'm not saying that you know you should forget about all your difficulties. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when they come, your heart will be guard in that peace and rooted that you will be able to stay firm and strong, that people's going to say, wow, who are you? <laughs> you know, well, God is with me. I'm not doing this on my own. God is helping you. So God's peace will guard you. So whenever life is following, uh, when the life of, of Jesus, our Lord, was getting tough, we can easily feel like, we are unprotected, right? Sometimes we feel like you are unprotected, like I felt. It can feel like um, you need to be committed to gentleness. That's one of the things that we read: love, kindness. That all those feelings sometimes you feel like has left us. Sometimes we don't feel that, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with us. But we need, we need. To be clear in something. We need to hold on to this. And we pray. Ask God to guard our hearts, to keep us safe. Not only our hearts, but our minds. That we need Him more than ever. I want you to experience this joy that He has given to you. You need just to hold on to that, church. It is very important. And even though this passage, some of us have like read it many times, some of us have probably heard sermons about this. We often forget. Like I did. I forgot, you know, oh what I do now. In my mind, like Magdalene just do whatever you have always been doing at the same time. Come to God and hold on to him. I was, yeah, that's right. That's what I always do. <laughs> and when you do that, that will give you the peace that you need. So these are the kind of key points that I want you to remember this morning. I don't know your life. I don't know the things that you've been through. I don't know if you're a moment on a place of, you know, joy or sadness. Only God knows. But I pray, my pray is that, that you hold on to that peace, to that joy that only God can give, only through Jesus, his son, we can receive that. So will you join me in prayer this morning, church, to pray for our hearts, our minds, that we can just receive that from our Jesus, our Savior, for the God who created us with a purpose. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we are so thankful for your presence. We're so grateful for the struggles that we have walked through, for the difficult times of our life that we feel like we're alone, but you're always there, you're always present. I pray for people's hearts and minds to be filled with your spirit, with your peace, with your joy, that only you can give in abundance. Father God, we're just so grateful just to be here, to worship you, to give you all the glory, all the honor. Thank you because you're a good, good father. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the faith cove podcast our music was written performed and produced by adam johnson for more information about our church community visit faithcovesumner.com until next time